Welcome back to the video store. We're hanging out here for another episode of the VHS Club. And we're we're taking it back even another decade into the 80s because we just can't help ourselves. We need to talk about labyrinths. So, so we're making an exception to our, our 90s kick rule. But that's okay. I feel like that's okay. It, it was also just our Valentine's pick. So. It's true. We did, we did a poll. We did a very super official social media poll. And the people chose. The people said labyrinth all the way they like the the other two sleepless in seattle and she's all that they just didn't even stand a chance we're gonna have to do those in, the, in future episodes we will. everyone everyone's we will. team labyrinth for this one <laughs> which is great because this happens to be like nat's all-time favorite movie is that fair to say i feel like this is like your it, it's in the top three okay yeah. top three top three yeah um so just i mean i have an extreme emotional attachment to this movie <laughs> um because as most people, I am in love with Jareth, the Goblin King. It's true. Um, we just, we, so. we're all hoping that we would just be kidnapped away by Jareth, the Goblin King. It is yet to happen, but, you know, it's, it's goals. I'm like, I've asked the goblins, and I use the correct words. I even said right now, and it just, it didn't happen. Has, has not yet happened. Yeah, I know. I'm I, sorry, there's a fire truck outside my house. <laughs> Yay, live! <laughs> oh no, I I love that because every single time that I'm in my office where I do a lot of live streams and podcast episodes, it it is never never ceases to fail that it is always like the time period where everything is burning down, every emergency vehicle drives through during the time that I'm live. It's just how it goes. We are a little nervous on our street because um, during lockdown, a house two doors down did burn down. So yeah. every time a fire truck stops on the street, the neighbors are all like, <gasps> <laughs> "Okay, well then we won't make fun of the fire trucks." We it's, will. It seems to have gone by, so I'm I'm hoping that that we're okay now. <laughs> Panic over, okay. Whew. All right, panic over. Well, in, ca in case you missed it or you just turned this podcast on, today we are talking about The Labyrinth. I think just Labyrinth, actually. I want to call it The it's Labyrinth. It's just Labyrinth. It's just Labyrinth. It's just Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, all right, epic. And Nat's got it's all epic. the details because in true VHS Club fashion, Nat has watched the movie and I have done the bonus notes that are not helpful at all to this episode. So buckle up and here we go. All right, Nat, let's dive into the story of this incredible 80s movie this time. You guys, we're, yes. we're diving into the 80s just for this one episode, then we'll back to the 90s for next week. <laughs> so Labyrinth starring Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. <sighs> Swoon. So David swing. Bowie in 80s tight pants with 80s glam metal hair. It just, okay, focus. <laughs> <laughs> so easy to sidetrack. Yeah. He's beautiful. Yeah. So also super fun about this movie is David Bowie wrote and composed all the songs for it. Mm -hmm. So we get to the opening scene of the movie. It is instantly, like you see the, the 20th century Fox or whatever you know, going and, and, but the music, you know, right away, it's magical. It's magical. Mm -hmm. It's magical. It's, you can hear it in the music. And, um, and then we see an owl swooping in and it opens to Jennifer Connelly running in this beautiful park 
in this beautiful costume, this sort of medieval, like maiden, like Maid Marian kind of costume, quoting lines from a play. And she always keeps forgetting this one line and she pulls this book out called Labyrinth. And she's reading and she's quoting lines about this Goblin King, yada, yada. And then she realizes she's going to be late to go home to babysit her baby brother, Toby. And she's always stuck babysitting this baby brother. And uh, one thing about that scene when she's running home because she's late that I loved, and I find it always sets a mood in a movie, is it starts pouring rain. Oh, yeah. Like when yeah, you get you caught the, in the rain. Yeah. You need the caught in the rain movie. <laughs> movie always. For sure. It sets it up. It's something you know something intense is coming because you're caught in the rain. So she gets home. Her stepmom is yelling at her because she's late and then saying, like, you know, um, basically, like, how could you be late? And she's like, well, you never asked me if I have plans. She's like, I always said I would, you know, not have you babysit if you actually had plans. Which I found, like, super condescending. It's really, like, yeah. She hates her creative world. She hates that this girl is creative and an introvert. Because <laughs> she clearly is by herself, has no friends. And the mom reads her for not dating more. <laughs> like, yeah, and how old, is, how old is she supposed to be? Because she also looks pretty young for the parents to just be like, peace out, yeah. here is this small child that you need to take care of. An infant. Like, like yeah. an actual, like, maybe six. Oh, he yeah. can sit up on his own. Like, he's not six really crawling. Yeah, maybe he's like in six, the six to, to ten eight month, month old yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, but like, also shaming the introverts, which I personally felt that very strongly as a kid because you're just constantly told that being an introvert and being creative is not normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is my normal. But, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and shaming her for not dating. She's 14 to 16 years old in this movie. I can't remember. Somewhere in that age gap. And I'm like, yeah, your mom's shaming you for not being out on a Saturday night with a boy at like 14 to 16. Like, what parent ever? <laughs> like, I know. Plus, she also needs you to babysit. So it's good. Feels yeah. like you're losing on both sides of that coin in that conversation. Yeah. So then she, Sarah's obviously very upset. She goes to her room, slams the door. Her dad's like, I'll go talk to her, like all burdened with it, holding the baby. And he knocks on the door and she's like, I don't want to talk to you. Go away. And then he's like, okay, peace. <laughs> he's like, I put the baby in the crib and they leave. And she's like, they guess he didn't really want to talk to me. And it made me really remember that sort of overwhelming teenage feeling where you don't want to let your parents into your life, but you're really pissed off that you're not important to them anymore. It's, yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like. Of course, of course you're important to your parents, but yeah. but it's that weird transitional phase of being a teenager. So she goes, the baby's crying. She goes to the room and the baby's freaking out. And actually, she, the reason she went to the baby's room, because the baby is freaking out and screaming this whole time, um, she realizes that one of her stuffed animals, Lancelot, is missing. And the she knows. The it's called Lancelot is already incredible. <laughs> I know. Stuffed animal names go. She knows. She knows that her stepmom came into the room, took Lancelot to give to Toby. And she's just like, like the the boundaries the disrespect the like she's having hey, she's mad things. yeah she's mad <laughs> and she sees toby and you could tell that she does as much as she complains about toby she does love him because she does pick him up and her face softens when she sees him and she's trying to soothe him and she starts telling him this story so she's making up this story to go along with the play that she was reciting mm -hmm. or the book she was reciting in the park about the goblin king yep. it's like once upon a time there was this young princess and who had this really horrible stepmother and this really obnoxious baby brother and she was forced to babysit him all the time <laughs> and she wishes that the goblin that the goblin king would send his goblins to come and snatch the baby away so she could live her life the way she wants to yeah i feel that and it's the fire truck's back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> don't stop here. I'm fine. I don't want there to be an incident during the podcast. Uh, so she <laughs> she's doing this and you see that you could tell the way she's saying this this story to the, the baby, to Toby, it's 
almost sounding like more than just a story. She's not just telling them a story. It's like an incantation. Mm. And then the goblins, <gasps> which the goblins were all done. All They're all Muppets, technically. They're all done by Jim Henson. They're like dark Muppets, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, your, no. They're these are not your, like, terrifying. Kermit the Frog level Muppets. These are, like, incredibly incredibly creepy even re-watching this recently with with scarlet my eight-year-old was a little like part of me was like do is do we let an eight-year-old watch this and i feel like i watched it much younger but i absolutely it, but yeah. it it does it yeah there we were talking before we jumped on about how there's like a series of these movies dark crystal is another one that comes to mind where like pretty dark for kids and yet Every parent was just like, this is a kid's movie because it's got puppets. <laughs> like, we'll just let the kids watch this. Yeah, it was uh, definitely, even have, definitely a dark movie. I even have in my notes, like, the 80s were wild. Like, how did they think any of this is appropriate for kids? And I even have a note. I'm like, is this movie for children? Like, was it actually made for kids? I'm well, not wonder, entirely sure. I wonder how much, too, and, like, I just don't remember. This This would be, like, a good question for for parents i guess i could ask my parents but it it, it's one of those like how much of it was parents rented these movies for kids for their kids and never like i feel like in the 90s and later there was a lot of like family movie night but i feel like for a while there it was just like we rented this movie for the kids while we like went out on a date night or where the kids had a babysitter like it wasn't like the parents were ever watching these movies with us so maybe that's why they never knew or they never cared it was never i mean i'm sure I'm sure it can go both ways, but like my, like, I'm sure my dad rented this because he's like, cool, David Bowie's in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, yeah. Kid, the kid will love it. Like we all, <laughs> we're a David Bowie household. Um, and he's like, yeah, sure. She, I'll make the kid watch it because David Bowie's in it. Um, I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the full stop of that yeah. thought yeah. process. But at the same time, I'm like, wouldn't some parents be like, this is really cool. David Bowie's in it, but is this appropriate for children? <laughs> Because David Bowie's in it. Yeah. Well, and and fun fact that you were horrified by, it actually almost was Michael Jackson, which would have oh, made God. this movie so weird in like a completely different and much more horrifying way. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't... Because ah, then it would have all been uh, Michael Jackson music and it would have lost its like magic and uh, like This is a David Bowie thing. And, yeah. and for all yeah. of those who had been fortunate enough to ever see David Bowie in concert. He, he legitimately emanated like some sort of immortal magic on stage. He was, he was spectacular. So it makes sense that he got the part. Yeah. Um, I feel like this, I never, until I found that fact researching for this episode, I, I literally would just assumed that this entire movie was written for him. Like, I honestly thought so. It feels like it, it feels like, and maybe it was because another fun fact that, that uh, we found and that we dug up taking a look at this movie is that there were something like over 25 different versions of this script. So it's, there were a lot of, cooks in the kitchen working on this movie which is weird given how strange it turned out that like that many people were had that many different iterations of it but maybe maybe there was like one weird person that was like i really want michael jackson to be in this and everyone else was like no 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 bob we're not gonna do that michael jackson was very good at his job he was an amazing songwriter amazing dancer i cannot see him in this no he is not jareth the goblin king not a goblin king no So she, basically, she sets about, Sarah, to go back to the plot, um, sets, like, basically says an incantation. Accidentally summons the Goblin King. (laughs) Accidentally. Slash maybe a little bit on purpose. Like, maybe kind of hope that that would turn out that way. Yeah, so, you know, the goblins come, they they snatch the kid. Mm And Sarah, in her credit, also realizes immediately <laughs> that the baby is gone. Like, she <laughs> is still in the doorway, turns the light off <laughs> in the room. And then she's like, wait a second. <laughs> she turns around. <laughs> um, and then an owl appears at the window and it's banging to get in, banging to get in. And she's scared and there's a storm outside and the baby's missing and the window bursts open and this owl comes swooping in only to transform into David Bowie. Yeah. And he has a crystal ball 
um a couple actually and he does this cool juggling thing which i anyways i want to i would say i was i was just gonna say i'm like i wonder if that was cgi'd well that didn't exist it's, in the 80s it's so not obviously CGI'd, not. <laughs> and he actually supposedly he refused to actually do it himself out of fear that he would like destroy all of the like just drop them and not Break. succeed so there was yeah, actually there crystal was like balls. A, a crystal ball stunt double (laughs) which is incredible so yeah he didn't he apparently did not do those stunts he does these very um if you've seen the movie it stands out in your mind it's very cool hand trick and flips balls up and down and juggles them all around and he basically explains to her like hey you said the incantation i came to get the baby and uh, the baby is gone (laughs) And she's like, well, I need my baby brother back. He's like, okay, cool. Well, if you look out your bedroom window, which is now actually the Goblin City, um, you see there's this huge labyrinth. Uh, If you want the kid, you have to get him by a certain time and good luck. And he just disappears. (laughs) And one of my favorite, favorite lines in this, where is it? I wrote it down. (laughs) she is she looks at the labyrinth and she's like oh that doesn't look too bad well come on feet let's go <laughs> like super nonchalant well come on feet <laughs> when you look at the labyrinth in the movie it's like it's super complex it looks like it has different like ecosystems in different parts of the labyrinth yeah, which we find out it kind of does it's not joking around it's a it's a pretty no. intense labyrinth and she's like all right let's go Sudden, so she bumps into this character, our first, our first Muppet, our first—I don't know if he's a goblin. Anyways, his name is Hoggle, mm-hmm. and she asks him, "How do I get into the labyrinth?" And he's just there. And this is also this is where I first questioned, like, is this a kids' movie? Because when she comes up on him, he's just taking a leak, yeah, like it... in public, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Again, then he I like, like he's like, there's oh, no person zips up. <laughs> There were, there were like rated G Disney cartoons, and then there was like everything out. There was no in between. I feel like this is this is just like the PG movie that has no audience. It's like kids, whatever. So she sees him, and she's asking him questions, and he's kind of talking in in riddles. Like he's not making a lot of sense. He says like she's like, "Oh hi, my name is Sarah," and he's like, "I thought so." And then it's just like all these little like weird things. And he's spraying like with bug spray. He's spraying all these little fairies. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh my God, that's horrible. And she sees one that like fell and is like all like dying on the ground. She picks it up and it like bites her with razor sharp teeth. And he's yeah. like, told you they're pests. <laughs> so we know this is a more dangerous sort of world. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to be an easy trip through the labyrinth. Yep. Also... A special note that I I didn't realize until rewatching it, and like I realized before, but there's glitter all over this set. Everything oh, sparkles. Yeah. Everything's glittery. It's so magical. I mean, anyone <laughs> like, that even just like bumped up near or in any vicinity to David Bowie would have just been straight up covered in glitter. In glitter. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I feel that that's correct. What happened here? I don't understand. Yeah. So she gets into um, into the labyrinth. And she's walking around. She asks Hoggle which way to go. And he's preoccupied with, like, count his kill count on how many fairies he's downing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> kind of very, like, Legolas and Gimli in Lord of the Rings. He's like, ah, yeah. 67, ha <laughs> um, And he, tell- he doesn't give her a straight answer, but the labyrinth looks like it just goes two straight ways. And there's no curve. It just looks never-ending on both sides. Mm-hmm. And he basically is like good luck and she starts walking one way and then she gets frustrated after a while and then she's like you know what if it does end so then she keeps she's running she's running she's running and then she gets exhausted and she's frustrated she kicks the wall she hits the wall across from her and she slides down and she's sitting on the ground and this adorable little worm comes up to her with this like practically cockney accent like this british accent it's like hello and she's like did you just say hello he's like nope but close enough. <laughs> was, 
I, I love that she's so shocked cute. that the worm talks after she's just seen like a weird gobliny kind of creature Scaries peeing in a labyrinth. Worse. She, she's like, like, that's fine. And <laughs> totally, but the worm talking yeah. is very surprising to her. Yeah. It's anyway, so he he tells her, you know, in the labyrinth, not everything looks as it seems. Nothing is as it seems. Exactly. And she's like, oh, cool. Like, help no me. And he, right, the wall right across from you uh, is actually a path. Like, it has a corner. Like, you can go around it. And she goes and she's looking and he's like, oh, I wouldn't go that way. And she's like, oh, okay, thanks. And then she goes the other way and runs off. Only for the worm to say, well, if you had just stayed on this road, you would have been there in no time. Which I'm like, <laughs> worm couldn't you lead with that (laughs) couldn't you start with hey just keep going straight you'll get to the castle no no lead with that no 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 absolutely not so the basically the movie goes on um she starts collecting friends along the way it seems Mm. like the labyrinth the creatures and critters in the labyrinth are trying to hinder her and we find out because Jareth is is trying to hinder her. Yeah. He basically, I think it's after 11 o'clock at night, he gets, if she doesn't make it to the castle, he keeps the baby and the baby will turn into a goblin. Yeah. Why he so, like really needs more goblins or wants to collect this child is kind of, <laughs> doesn't really ever make a lot of sense to me, but he seems very invested <laughs> in keeping this baby and growing I his think goblin it makes army. perfect sense. <laughs> he doesn't want to keep the baby. He wants to keep Sarah. Fair. Please, okay, fair. from the moment the owls slash Jareth swoops into the bedroom, the way he looks at her, not at he all is inappropriate. Love it totally, I, yeah, totally fine. Okay, so there is this whole age gap thing that's extremely inappropriate, extremely problematic, but, but that's okay. I will ignore it because he's in love with her and he does everything for her. And because, as we said at the beginning, David Bowie as a person is just immortal. It, I know he's immortal. not, but yes, he is. So he's a magical he creature. It's yeah. it's not. Yeah, I, yeah. he has. It's no not age. real life. It's he has fantasy. no age. He has no gender. He just is. He just is. <laughs> he's just so. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. So, actually, in my notes, <laughs> I write. So Jareth has basically set up this adventure for her. Um, he implies it's because he wants to keep the baby at the end, but I wrote it's so like, but he really wants her to be the queen. <laughs> and it's like, she, she's all, always in this fantasy world. Mm. So he's like taking this baby away from her, her responsibility so she can go on this big adventure is yeah, my he's theory. Being helpful. He's like very I helpful. Think he's just, he's doing what he, she asked. Yeah. Yeah. So as she goes through the labyrinth, she meets different obstacles and she meets different uh, friends. So she starts collecting her friends, our Hoggle, who she saw at the beginning of the labyrinth, ends up coming. He sees she has this like shiny bracelet, Mm -hmm. like a little plastic bracelet with bobbles, and he loves shiny bobbles. So she's like, I'll give you this bracelet if you help me get to the castle. And he's like, sure. But at the same time, Jareth keeps finding Hoggle and being like, bring her back to the beginning. <laughs> like, bring her back to the beginning. Stop interfering. She's not going to make it. Um, at one point, she falls down this pit um, into an oubliette. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know what an oubliette is, it's an old medieval castle um, pit. It's like part oh. of a dungeon. Yeah, it's it's like- a hole. Yeah where it's so far down and there's no light and you you get dropped in there and forgotten yeah so oubli real life, in french is forgot <laughs> re, yeah real life thing that we all learned about real by thing. watching labyrinth <laughs> so yes. all good yeah. labyrinth teaching us french yeah, exactly. teaching french. us medieval castle history medieval torture <laughs> yeah we're learning all kinds of things so when she's in the oubliette we see Jareth the Goblin King back in his castle and he's like, she shouldn't have gotten this far. She should have given up by now. Mm. And you could see he's contemplating it and almost like a hint of a, like a grin, a smile on his face. He's impressed. He's impressed. Also, I just want to put out there that Jareth the Goblin King is a, an amazing babysitter. 
he like puts on a whole performance for Toby. Like all again, fantastic songs are peppered throughout this whole movie. Toby is it, having the time of his life. He has yes. no idea how expensive David Bowie tickets were, and so it's yeah. this is really, you know, I mean, of all things, Toby. By the way, uh, additional fun fact: it was yeah. the illustrator's son, real life son, and he says Aww. that he does not obviously he does not remember anything about the filming of this movie because he was an infant in it. But he was told that he peed on David Bowie, and he feels very excited about that as an adult. <laughs> so you know, which is fun fact. Like, I yeah. once peed on David Bowie. Gotta be like one of the best things to say, like at parties where they have to, you know, everyone plays like two truths and a lie. I mean, I feel like he would just win at all of those games. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So an impressed Jareth lets Hoggle go on with Sarah through this journey to essentially sabotage her. Yeah. She then meets, um, we're introduced to Ludo, who's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. He's this gigantic terrifying but adorable looking beast of some kind exactly not really a goblin kind of beast like no kind of like a chubby chewbacca with horns yeah which apparently made um and i'm gonna i'm gonna mispronounce his name but the author of where the wild things are maurice Mm. seldak i think it is uh, it made him, like, real angry, because apparently he took this to be a ripoff of his book, which is kind of, like, feels like a stretch, but... Loose and... L- no. Like, yeah. I was going to say loose interpretation, not even. I'm like, yeah. it... Not at all. But whatever. One of the few so, books that I, like, wasn't into as a kid, so, so me I can't... Neither. I have no... Uh, Everybody's into story. that book. I've never been into that book. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, fans. Of so they... So we... <laughs> Yes, exactly. I'm, I I don't know. I don't apologize for that. I didn't like the book. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not sorry at all. <laughs> Get a new so, book. <laughs> Ludo is strung up upside down by a group of like goblin soldiers that, and this is again where I'm like, Jim Henson, what were you thinking? They're, they're beating Ludo with hairless rats tied to sticks. Sure, yeah. So they can bite him. Sure. We're learning about more torture techniques from the world's best puppeteer. (laughs) Yes. Where else would you learn torture techniques from? If this scene feels very, um, oh, that's the, the, there's like the fable about the lion and the mouse. Like it, so it feels very like he's this giant beast that she has to save. Right. Yeah. And he's actually such a gentle soul. So when she saves him, she realizes he's just, he's soft, he's cuddly, he's her new best friend. Yeah. Um, Oh, also a fun little thing that I noticed is at the beginning of the movie, Sarah keeps getting Hoggle's name wrong and Mm -hmm. she keeps calling him Hogwarts. Yeah. Which is incredible. (laughs) Which I'm like, did JK steal something? Yeah, it feels likely. I mean, it really feels likely. I mean, I she obviously like, I she must have seen the movie. Like Hogwarts is just such an allegedly word. <laughs> this podcast, allegedly. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I just think what an amazing inspiration. <laughs> yeah. So now there's two little buddies that she has on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, they again come across a couple of other things. Like there's um. Like, sort of, it looks like a, a pauper who has, um, he doesn't speak, but his hat slash head is a flamingo head. Sure, yeah. And and that speaks for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, they don't help her at all, but they ask if she'll, you know, give them something. They have, sure. like, a little pour box. And she gives them a ring of hers. And uh, then she meets these two door knockers. And all sorts of like funny different characters. There's different guards um, that all talk in riddles and rhymes, but at the same time, it seems like they're they're meant to obviously to de- deter her because that's yeah. what Jareth has in- commanded they do. But at the same time, they give her clues. Like it yeah. seems almost like they're helping her along, even though they're not supposed to. Um, and I find very- that's. It's very Alice in Wonderland yes. slash, you know, maybe a little bit of the Wizard of Oz, but probably a little bit more of the Alice in Wonderland kind of nothing is like entirely helpful or kind and everything yeah. is, yeah, sort of like weirdly as part of this world that is just so foreign to her own world. 
a dream. I feel though right. halfway through though the labyrinth critters are really rooting for her though. Yeah, she <laughs> does kind of win them over. I mean, she's got she seems to have a lot does. of jewelry on her that she's able to just like bribe everyone. <laughs> yeah. Note to so, self if you're going to be kidnapped by by a goblin king. Hopefully you're wearing lots be wearing, of jewelry. Yeah, be wearing a lot of jewelry. I I would be screwed right now. I'm not wearing any I'm wearing a watch. That's it. I'd be in big trouble. Um so through this journey, she gets separated from Hoggle because he gets scared by Ludo. And he's just like, I'm a coward. I'm out. And he runs, literally, like, I'm a coward. I told you I was a coward. Ran away. <laughs> so then um, Ludo and Sarah end up in this sort of forest. And he just suddenly disappears. He, he falls. We see he falls through the ground. But when she turns around, there's no hole there. So I'm not really sure what magic that was. Um, but then we're introduced to the Fries. That's F-R-Y-S. Mm. Um, they're these red Muppets. And they have this really cool song that they do and little dance. And they dance with her around the bonfire. And as a child, the scene now terrifies me when they start to rip off their heads and limbs and play with them, which scared me so much as a kid. And it's funny because it's set to set such like an upbeat, fun <laughs> it's song. Like meant to be fun, yeah. Terrified me. And then they decide like, oh, your head should come off too because this is so much fun. We can all play together. And she's like, oh no, my head does not come off. And in comes Hoggle to save her again. I love it. I mean, she did run away from them by ripping all their heads off, uh, which, I mean, clearly we know their heads come off, so she didn't murder them. But she tossed their heads far away and and kicked one of their limbs away. So, like, yeah. they had to, like, gather their limbs and heads and chase after her. So she did save herself, which is one thing, like, Sarah consistently is super ridiculously fearless and brave throughout this whole thing. Yeah, there's no like there's no yeah. uh prince locked up somewhere or like to like there's no there's no man coming to save her. No, <laughs> there's absolutely just, not. There's just her, she's her she's like I got this. Yeah, exactly. No problem. <laughs> exactly. Her wits. Also she when Jareth every time she has a confrontation with Jareth, she's like yeah, you you don't scare me. <laughs> Which, of course, every time he's, like, frustrated and disappears in a smoke of anger. But then he's, like, grinning. <laughs> he's, like, impressive. <laughs> so Hoggle's back in the picture. They find Ludo again. And now we're introduced to Sir Didymus and Ambrosius. Mm, great name. So it's this dog who has a knight. Sir Didymus is a knight who yeah, has... Obviously. Who and he's a dog. <laughs> he's like Again, a little Yorkie obviously. or something. <laughs> exactly. But what's really funny is his his faithful steed, Ambrosius, is also a dog. Yeah. Um, because I guess why not? I mean, so they're uh, at yeah. the Layers they're of at the bog of uh, yes, yes. <laughs> they're at the bog of stink, and they have to figure out a way to get through the bog of stink. Mm -hmm. Um, and it smells apparently absolutely horrible but yeah. Sir Didymus can't smell it and he's like I my two biggest traits are my loyalty and my sense of smell which he clearly doesn't have any he's a very cute character um he's super loyal not really helpful but <laughs> a little annoying but he's also really adorable yeah. um and here we find out though it was hinted at earlier in the movie that Ludo can call rocks so this bridge that they were supposed to cross is old and rickety and falls apart. And Ludo just, he basically calls the rocks by having this little low rumble of a growl. And all these rocks pop up out of the bog so then they can cross and continue on their journey. They decide to take a quick rest at Hoggle's suggestion. Mm -hmm. And Hoggle gives Sarah a poison peach from Jareth. Yeah, which is no. like... Never eat or drink anything if you're in one of these fairy tale lands. Like just Ooh. like rule one. Just Especially never, something ever... like Yeah. It had no glitter on it and everything else has glitter on it. <laughs> like, hang on. That piece of fruit has no glitter. This is a mm. red flag. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like a piece of fruit from her human world, from her mm. normal world, not this magical world. So it's like clearly it's a trap. 
But it is the best trap ever because it's my favorite scene in the movie. She falls. <laughs> she, yeah, it's like, eat it, eat it, eat it. <laughs> she falls into this trance or into sleep. And she goes into, and I don't know what it's officially called. I call it the crystal ball scene. Sure. So she's in, she basically gets sucked into this dream into a crystal ball. But also it's a ball, <laughs> like a masquerade. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a metaphor. Crystal, crystal, crystal ball, a crystal ball ball. There's a lot. So, yeah, there's a lot of layers. Here. Oh. And in it, so she's in this dress that I still want to this day to own this dress. Yeah, we should. I, I wish we could sew better. We should make a dress like we should. We should have our own labyrinth crystal ball 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 where we crystal, all get to live. Out where this we all fantasy. get to live this fantasy. Yeah, I think it'd be great. So the scene is set. It's a masquerade. She's in this gorgeous dress. Bowie's in this yep. beautiful, like, midnight blue, like, costume. He has his wolf mask on. Or his... Mm. I can't... No, it's not... A, was it a... I can't remember. Mm, it was a wolf yeah. or a bird. It was a creature. Uh, and it's set to the song, one of my favorite David Bowie songs, As the World Falls Down. Mm. So look it up. It's a great song. We cannot have songs on this... <laughs> We cannot even hum it. We will be sued. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I still, the only thing that I ever dreamed of for my wedding in my future as a kid was to have this song as my dance. <laughs> yeah. It's a solid choice. Uh, yeah. It's so magical. <laughs> so in it, it's almost, she sees him differently. So it's like she sees him in a different light for the first time. So in it, he's there and he's kind of, watching her as she looks around at the all this spectacle of the ball and he's sort of following her around but letting her explore things and they lock eyes and uh he's dancing with other people he can't tear his eyes off of her and then finally they connect and they get to dance and it's so beautiful and so magically inappropriate (laughs) it's wonderful we're forgetting the age gap we're forgetting the age gap it's fine She looks at him like, like he's, you know, this magical, beautiful prince for the first time instead of this evil, 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 <laughs> evil kidnapping um, goblin king. And um, as they're dancing, she sees clocks all around the room uh, and yeah. he gets this super proud look on his face when she realizes like i have somewhere else to be i have something to do and she manages to pull herself out of this and you can see he is just so proud of her he's like you go sarah <laughs> that's <laughs> my interpretation in in natalie's version of this movie david bowie is just like he's like kind of a dad but like not because he's sexy but also he like does all of these amazing but yeah no it's it's fantastic your version of him is fantastic in this <laughs> He's proud of her because she's going to make it to the end. He like wants to trap her, but he's like really impressed that she's not trappable. Yeah. It's yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, He's proud of her. He, she's fearless. She's kind. She's made friends. She's got the whole labyrinth helping her at this point. It's and true. he's just like, I can't stop her. She's amazing. Yeah. He's not really. It's Yeah, you're right. Like, it, I mean, all joking aside, he he's not really a bad guy in this. Like he is. He is the bad guy, but he's also not a bad guy. <laughs> so... It's no, like, he, it's like a test for her. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a test, a challenge. Well, it's an adventure. Exactly. <laughs> so um, after all of this, she finds her way back to her friends. She, um, and basically they have to get, they finally make it to the Goblin City gates. Mm-hmm. Where So now they've had all these tests of fear and bravery and kindness and wits and smart (laughs) exactly and now they actually have to legitimately fight people (laughs) so now there's this giant goblin robot that they have to fight and i guess hoggle comes and saves the day and um and oh so he felt really bad after poisoning her and he's like i've lost my only friend and she's never going to forgive me. But then he went back and he saved them all, like Ludo oh. and Serdidimus and Ambrosia. And he saved her. And he immediately, after the rescue from this robot, he 
um, he's like, I'm sorry, like, I'm not asking for forgiveness. And I know you're not my friend anymore. And she's like, of course, I'm your friend and like gives him this big kiss. And they all have this big hug. And it's super cute. Because then uh. it's kind of like Hoggle's growth. <laughs> Hoggle has this growth from being like bored and sarcastic at the beginning of the movie and then trickery and then doing Jared's bidding and then yeah. realizing that he has friends and he can he can act in kindness and it does work out for him. It does. It so does. yay Hoggle, we're all proud of him. <laughs> so they get they get into the Goblin City and of course Jareth is like, oh no, the time hasn't run out. Like all of the Goblin army has to go and fight them. <laughs> so her loyal friends distract the goblins. She gets into the castle to try and save Toby. And there's this amazing scene um, where it's all the stairs are all kind of like that painting. So it's all these stairs going in different directions that lead to doorways and platforms that don't go anywhere and the stairs yeah. don't connect. Mm. And she's kind of like running, trying to get to Jareth and he has a crystal ball and they kind of play this cat and mouse. And then he throws the crystal ball and it's Toby. So now Toby's crawling around these stairs. And then she decides, like, enough is enough. She makes this really brave, again, fearless decision. She sees Toby on a lower platform and she just jumps. She jumps for him. She's like, I'm not running. I'm not going to try and find this. I'm just jumping down there. And then Jareth <laughs> saves her. <laughs> Hashtag not biased. We're not biased at all. Not at all biased. <laughs> and then he the jumps. hero, I mean the bad guy of this movie, <laughs> saves the day. He slows, he slows her fall down so she won't get hurt. Mm. And then it's her and the Goblin King together. And they, they basically have, um, she's like, you're horrible. You're ridiculous. Give me my baby brother back. And he's like, how could you, after everything I've done for you, after how generous I've been mm. to you? And she's like, generous? And he lists off all the things. He's like, you asked me to take your brother away, so I did. Right. Yeah. You wanted an adventure, so I gave it to you. Mm -hmm. When you got lost, you got help. <laughs> like He just prattles off this list of like, and you realize when you're watching the movie, like, yeah, this is, this is where you realize like, oh, he isn't actually a bad guy. <laughs> And he really did do this because she asked. And it suddenly clicks to Sarah where she remembers the lines from this book that she had mm. about the Goblin King. Yep. And she's trying to remember and it's where she always struggles with her lines. And then she finally remembers it. And she says, through dangers untold and hardships unnumbered, I have fought my way here to the castle beyond the Goblin City to take back the child you have stolen for my will is as strong as yours and my kingdom is as great. You have no power over me. <laughs> Immediately she wakes back up in her, <laughs> sorry, one of our commenters said she don't need no man. That's a fact. That is a fact. <laughs> She doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> she, she, she does, however, need her brother back. <laughs> She's not going to yeah. get in trouble. So, And she wanted her brother back. Not just that she needs it because she just, you know, she's like, I can't leave my brother here. He'll turn into a goblin. So she wakes back up in her room. Everything's fine. Um, she hears her parents come home. Toby's asleep. Um, and she's looking in her mirror, her vanity mirror in her room. And she's like... It's kind of sad. She's like, I'm really going to miss my friends. And then you see in the mirror, Ludo, and he's like, oh, friend. And then you see Hoggle and he's like, I guess you don't need us anymore. And she's like, I don't need you anymore. She's like, I'm always going to need you. There's always going to be times where I'm going to need my friends and I'm going to need to remember our adventure. And you can see she's cleaning up her room, putting away her childish oh, things like she grew up. up. <laughs> yeah, But at the same time, she's like, I'm never going to stop believing in the Goblin King and the Goblin City and my friends and they're real. And super cute ending to the movie. 
all of the friends, when she says, no, I still need you guys, they all just suddenly appear in her bedroom, including the fries, which scared me. And they have <laughs> this like, big, like, oh, why are they invited <laughs> to the party? And they basically have this big dance party in her room. And I'm like, super cute, end of the movie. And as you see, it's panning back. You could see the owl slash Jareth, the Goblin King, is watching over her from outside her room. Mm-hmm. the end the end <laughs> i'm in love with this meme for those of you listening it says i just met you and this is crazy but here's my labyrinth i stole your baby <laughs> <laughs> nice so very good well i we we only have 15 minutes but i want you to be able to dive into your crazy pants theories so okay so it's go <laughs> so a couple years back or a while back there is this fan theory that went viral mm. okay and now i'm positive that this is real okay so basically <laughs> not just a fan theory the actual truth of the matter let's go it, it's for real and also um i definitely feel like somebody needs to make this movie mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so meta. let's a movie about a let's... movie about a fan theory about right? a movie <laughs> yes start casting young david bowie lookalikes there, no such thing. so uh i know he's so beautiful impossible to recreate okay yeah. so the theory goes centuries ago a sorcerer named jareth fell in love with a dark-haired girl named sarah but sarah's parents mostly her stepmother would um, not let her marry Jareth. I'm on board with this so, so far. I mean, because they wanted her to take care of the spoiled baby brother. Like the little prince. Cinderella vibes. Except for yes. the baby. Cinderella with a baby vibes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So in retaliation, the sorcerer Jareth kidnapped the baby and turned him into a goblin so he could marry Sarah. Mm. But then when Sarah died, he went mad. He went insane. And he's been hunting for centuries for a replacement or a reincarnation of his true love, Sarah. And he's been hunting for her in the human world. So basically, it seems that whenever Jareth finds a dark haired Sarah with a bratty baby brother and an evil stepmother, he whisks the baby away, brings all of these centuries of Sarah's to his labyrinth. And they all fail. They all fail the labyrinth. Mm. So he keeps turning all of these babies into goblins. Hence, he's the Goblin King. And this is where the goblins came from in the first place. So all the goblins in the movie are actually obnoxious babies. (laughs) Obnoxious babies. Tobies and Billies and Johnnies and Sams. (laughs) Yeah. So this is why when she was in the oubliette, Jareth says she should have given up by now. Not because he wants her to fail, but because he knows that every other yes, Sarah she, has failed. Yep. And this also explains why Hoggle says, oh, it's you when he first meets Sarah. Because he already knows her name is Sarah. When she says, when she tells him her name, he says, that's what I thought it was. I like mean- he knew beforehand how crazy is this if there were 25 different versions of this script it's conceivable that one of those had a backstory that they had to cut out so i mean i i'm on board for it i like it it's a good it's a good theory all right it also makes the age gap less creepy creepy. it does it makes the age gap less creepy we just assume (laughs) that there is no age that again he's immortal and there's no he's immortal yeah and, and the fact also that he, like, because she, I guess, won, and we know that they're in love in the movie, and he's still watching over her. Yeah. What if adult Sarah ends up with Jareth? Yeah. When it's appropriate. I like it. I like it when it's appropriate. To be clear, we are not endorsing. Yeah. No, uh... no 20 age year gap. I like it. Relationships. That's uh, I think it's inappropriate. Good. I, yeah. I think it's an amazing theory. I, think I am so it down would for make, It would make a good update. You know, I feel like right yeah. now there are no more, there are like really, really no more original ideas and they're just remaking and updating every single movie. This, this, this is the moment. This is the moment, Netflix people. This, this is your moment like, to take over. Can we get Jennifer Connelly back on board? 
I know she was. Um, I just I was super late to the party, but I just watched the new the new not so new Top Gun, which she is in, and the entire like literally the entire movie. I was just like, ah, labyrinth. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> like literally paid no attention to the actual storyline of the movie. It's just like, yay, she's so pretty. I want her to wear the dress. <laughs> yeah, it was it was. Bad. I her costumes in this movie were fantastic. His That's costumes. Jareth's final costume it's like this all sort of white toned like mm-hmm. monochromatic he has this cape it's all these are sort of cream and white colors and yeah. the cape just kind of emulates owl feathers oh, yeah he's, he's swoon ridiculous. i did literally in my notes write swoon very often <laughs> I'm not so just the word swoon because that's the emotion i felt <laughs> consistently while watching oh. this well, there are so, some additional crazy fun facts. Do you want to hear some fun facts? Yes. All right. So, uh, and these are insane. This comes from Mental Floss. So I will drop this in the, as Natalie calls them, the show notes, quote unquote. We have show notes and I will drop a link to these fun we facts do. in the show notes. Um, Nat <laughs> no, also will funny. drop a link with more information on this amazing fan. Oh, uh, I'm going to drop the link for the actual tumblr post of the viral post that this started there we go all right so everyone can comment and give us their feedback if you can find where the quote-unquote show notes are (laughs) um all right so darth vader was on the set of this movie because apparently george lucas was on hand for the first day of filming and surprised the crew by arranging for Darth Vader to hand Jim Henson a good luck card for the making of this film. That is so cool. Just makes it so much cooler because Star Wars and feelings. But yeah, I think it just makes it amazing. Um, Jim Henson, who we talked with, was like the the king of the go- the OG goblin puppet king. Um, but his son, mm-hmm. Brian Henson, who is um, t- obviously taken over after Jim died years back, was the voice of Hoggle, and uh, Jim's daughter Cheryl oh. was a puppeteer for one of the Fire Eyes, um, which I think is really cool. Uh, David Bowie did his own baby gurgle stunts, <laughs> so apparently the baby wasn't willing to make any gurgle noises, so Bowie just <laughs> did it himself, which is fantastic. Uh, and then I, I will wrap by saying, because I think we covered most of the other ones, but when I talked earlier briefly about the fact that Bowie didn't do any of his magic ball juggling himself, <laughs> the, it wasn't a stunt double. It was the choreographer juggled the crystal balls without looking, hidden directly behind Bowie, sticking his arms through Bowie's armpits. So because no CGI... It was literally that corny. So yeah, we all need to rewatch just that one scene because I think that that just sounds incredible. I'm like, how do you fit somebody behind David Bowie? He's such like a a life and and like to juggle behind. Oh man, people! Oh, it was one-handed juggling, by the way, though. Yeah, yeah. it's all one-handed. That is true. I know. I like doing the double hands. People, this is why (laughs) you need to show up for for the video so you can see me, mostly me, humiliate myself. Listening to it's not the same. You can't you can't listen to my arms making maybe swoosh swoosh sounds near the mic. For for the listeners, Katie from from the camera view, it looks like she has T Rex arms and yeah. trying to juggle. Yeah, she looks like a juggling T Rex. That's what it would have looked like. <laughs> so <it's done laughs> Imagine that job, though. Like, I mean, that would be the greatest day of my life. You're you're the like the choreographer, and you're like, this looks beautiful. I'm really nailing it. All the dance scenes are awesome. And then someone's like, you need to juggle. I want you to stand really close behind David Bowie and put your arms through his arm. I'd be like, this is the day, the best day of my life. You basically get to hug David Bowie. (laughs) I, you know, one thing, and I know movies like this don't get um, nods for fantastic acting, but like shout out to David Bowie, who should have gotten an Oscar for this, because let's be honest, he acted prime predominantly throughout this movie with a bunch of muppets <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that was like, like anyone could do it it was him like he would just be like by himself with good. people with like because again no no cgi or computer animation of any kind right so just adults with their hands again you need to be watching the video <laughs> their hands in the puppets just like at probably lower down than where he is like hunched yeah. over he would just be standing there feeling like a god, a god among puppets. <laughs> <It was> like... <laughs> well, he was a king, a king among puppets. 
Yeah. I keep but... saying Muppets because of Jim Henson. I'm I know. I, I can't call them, in good nature, I can't call the goblins Muppets. I just feel like they're not at the same level as the Muppets, but... Well, there's but, daytime Muppets and nighttime Muppets. It's true. These are the, the the Muppets after dark. Is there a Muppets after dark? Because these these are the Muppets after dark. Yeah. Oh well, I well. this this should come as no surprise. So for those of you who have been keeping up with us, what are we on? Episode four now. Episode yes, I think we're episode four. Um, so if you're just joining in, we give a rating system. This is really more of like a movie summary and our feelings about movies than it is a movie review show. But because we are awesome and because we are weird and we have not yet reviewed this movie, but we are diehard Christian Slater fans, we actually yes. have Natalie probably still has still has. It's probably really gross at this point. No, I I got rid of yeah, it. Yeah, it was probably time, right? It was rotting. But I will find another one. You can send potatoes through the mail to yes. anyone. Just in case you're ever wondering what you could do in your spare time, you can send potatoes to people, but that would be boring. So you can put a picture, any picture you want onto a potato. And I'm sure this is probably copyright infringement, but I put a picture of Christian Slater, eighties, nineties level Christian Slater on a potato. And I sent it to Nat as a gift. And now our rating system for all of these movies is one through five Christian taters. So this movie, no surprise, Nat's holding up her hand already. (laughs) Five. Five Christian taters. Five Christian taters, which three of the four reviews we've done have been all five because we were starting with all of our favorite movies, with the exception, with the exception of last week, Can't Hardly Wait. Mm -hmm. I thought it was only three taters. Doc thought it was three and a half. So I'm going to need to to cut one of these potato images in half so we can do half markings. So that was my lesson. I I was not there for can't hardly wait, but I would have also given it three taters. Oh, okay. So there you go. So maybe we don't need the half. Doc felt like we needed the half. So maybe (laughs) we'll have to figure out how to to, uh, do some very intense Photoshop work to be able to add the half potato. Can't mar his beautiful tater face i know yeah maybe i have to like, just be like to the side of his face so so it's not fully marking it off but yes another five potato movie just you know so many five potato movies and so i will say before we wrap that we are in yes. person together next week but we are not in person <gasps> together on thursday next week so we are moving this show to tuesday tuesday did we say t- yeah tuesday wednesday Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday at when 9 o'clock Eastern. We will be live together. Maybe we'll even watch a movie and do some live clips of watching our movie. And next mm-hmm. week we're going to do She's All That. She's All That. She's All That. We're going to do She's yeah. All That. And then the following week we'll do Sleepless in Seattle because we had you vote and then we're just going to do all of them. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were going to do them anyways. So. True. <laughs> So if you have movie recommendations, which all of you have been sending in, which is incredible and always so much fun for us to see, we'll get to all of them. We have a pretty good list at this point. Uh, And then we also have the ones that we really like, but we were sent um, Usual Suspects, Groundhog Day. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dane really wants us to do Gattaca, so we'll have to do Gattaca and have Dane on for that one. Clueless, which we have uh, Mel, our friend Mel. I told her she needs to come on to do Clueless. So if you have good suggestions or you want to come on as a guest to hang out with us and Tell us why you like your movie, why your potato rating for your movie. You are welcome to come and join us. Um, But yeah, we'll see you on Wednesday next week if you're catching us in the live studio audience. And if not, you can listen whenever you want, wherever you want. Yeah. (laughs) Dane is in our our live viewer audience right now downstairs. And he's saying, Gattaca. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Of course we're going to do Gattaca. Obviously we're going to do Gattaca. And then we can make fun of the fact that Dane cannot recognize Gwyneth Paltrow. Which I ever need it's to been give decades. Him a hard time about. It's been decades. He probably can now. We'll have to test his skill set. We could do a live photos and have him identify Gwyneth Paltrow or not Gwyneth Paltrow. That could be a fun <laughs> live viewer audience game we could play. Could be pretty epic. Could be pretty epic. Well, you did it. Sounds great. You wasted Yay! another hour with us. Nat, you're getting really good at summarizing movies in an hour. So no one needs to watch movies anymore. Nat can just give yeah, you I'll just, I'll just talk at you about it. <laughs> Only watch it after you've listened to an hour-long summary of the movie. And then you can decide whether you want to spend the additional 30 minutes to 65 <laughs> minutes on the movie. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it was, as always, so much fun. And you can do us all a favor. Do Nat and I a favor by 
liking this video, subscribing to our YouTube channel, going over to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Spotify video, wherever you listen and leaving us a review, sharing with a friend, all of the above. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, share and let people know about the podcast. It's always fun to hang out with people and to hear everyone's recommendations. And we have an email address now. So you can reach us at the VHS club pod at gmail.com. So yeah, send in your emails, send in your movie recommendations. Let us know what you like or don't like, what you agree with or don't agree with. We'd love to hear from you. But we will see you next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube. Otherwise, we'll catch you in your ears whenever you want. Bye, Nat. See you in a couple days. Bye. (laughs)